0: Double L C I T Y
1: Hello, and welcome to another edition of The Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me I have Dan. How are you, Dan? Um, yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Um... Getting to the end of a long block of work, but um, ready for a break. But Yes it's, it's almost it's almost the Easter break. But I've got a I've got a wine tonight. I'm feeling a bit civilized. I've um I've got a drink to get me through the night. So uh, yeah, I, I know the feeling. Yeah, but
0: the football continues, which is good. Um, you know, everywhere, but mm, sort of mixed results for us, really. But
1: yeah, um, still, mixed results. Yeah,
0: still find ourselves in a good position, I think.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, so obviously, yeah, mixed results um, from this past weekend for us, um, not just for ourselves with how our game went, but obviously our closest rivals picking up maximum points as well. So um, not a fantastic weekend from that sense. But look, we'll talk about that Gillingham game first, and then maybe move on to the um, the other sides after that. Um, for, well, first of all, let's start with so the, the lineup changes. So we had Reece Burke and. Um, uh, uh, who else went out of the side? Because Slater came... Oh, no, it was, it was just Rhys Burke, wasn't it? Because then Slater yeah, came so in for Jones, him and Jones went John, back. Yeah, yeah.
0: because
1: I, yeah, I, was, I was like, Jones went back and Slater came in, so I thought there was two changes, but no. So, yeah, Burke came out of the side. What did you make of... Oh, um, um, and obviously
0: Eves came in for...
1: Oh, sorry, yes. Eves came in for, for White as well. For yes, White, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, I forgot about that. Eves came in as well. But what, what did you make of... Um, I guess Burke coming, also Burke going out of the side, and the decision to move Jones out of midfield to replace him rather than perhaps playing McLaughlin. Um, in terms of, do you think do you think Slater was the better option to bring into the side, or how did you see that panning out in the in the game?
0: Um, look, I think I guess like first point with the Burke injury, I think it looks like he might be out for a few more games um, mm. from what I read, um, which is a bit concerning because um, they. Just, you know, him and Greaves have done so well together. I think the... I guess my my reasoning or my suggestion of the reasoning for why we dropped Jones back into the centre of defence um, instead of bringing McLaughlin in is probably just because Greaves and Jones have played a bit more together. Jones has been, you know, playing more football within that first-team squad. Yeah. Um, you know, they've played a few games together as a pairing, I think throughout the season so far um i would just imagine that it's that you know now you know we're we're at the pointy end of the season and we're trying to like that you want to try and keep things as consistent as possible where possible um yeah so i Quite think lovely. that would be that'd be my suggestion of that i think slater came in and did a, re- did a really mm-hmm. good job um he was he Better than earlier in the season. He came on a few times earlier in the season and didn't really impress me. It was sort of just a much of a muchness performance previously, but on the weekend I thought he was really strong, um, really dynamic and working really hard for the team and, and making some good decisions. So he was really good. Um, Eve's sort of a typical Eve's sort of an evening. I think he he threw himself about and, and did some good things and did some silly things and then managed to, jab. like he's, I don't think, has he ever scored a pretty goal for us? Because they all look, they're. <laughs>
1: Like it, well he scored that it was he a, scored that long range goal against Middlesbrough which went in off his ass, which he claimed off the uh the Bowen hit. So that's a it's a beautiful goal. It's from outside the box. But uh yeah, no, I don't think there's many. Um, because look, good goal. Like he, he let
0: got up well and headed it down and across like you know what you sort of want. It but
1: he made it look so much harder than it had to yeah, be. Like it looked so like I mean, he was gonna
0: just, miss twice, you know? It looked, yeah, it just yeah. looked really awkward. Um, but and I just, yeah, you compared it, you know, even, you know, that like some of my Genesis, like the free kick that he t- t- scored earlier in the year and a few of his other goals that have been quite nice. And, you know, and then on top of, you know, and, you know, Docherty's scoring lovely shots, like from the edge of the box and lewis Potter's doing really good things and Wilkes is scoring some crackers. And then like, he's just either, like, you know, it hits him on the backside or his stomach trips over and scores or like, you know it just makes it look look ugly but look he got the he he did his job he scored a goal it was unfortunate that we um couldn't couldn't grab another one because I think if we' have had and Greaves had that wonderful opportunity to do so oh, yeah. um, if we'd have had I think that would have just locked those three points up
1: well, well I was gonna say on that because I think obviously there's been a lot of backlash towards Greaves after the game in in terms of how uh clear-cut a chance it was that he missed and I and I it's a hard one because yes, it was a very clear cut chance. He he should have scored it, but at the same time, he's a he's a very young centre half. Uh, I, I think I saw the point being made that he's been he's been in the in the first team um, for most of the season, and he's been part of a defence that's only conceded two or three goals in the last seven or eight games or something like that. Um, so his primary job is to keep clean sheets or to prevent goals from being scored, which he's doing. Um, and so I think the criticism from some quarters is probably a little bit harsh when you look at, as you're just saying, um, Eve's, Eve's missing a couple of really cut, clear-cut chances. Um, Wilks, there was one late in the second half, I think, where Honeyman cut the ball across and Wilks had a really poor fluff at it. Um, Lewis Potter didn't have too many chances in the game, um, but you feel like if you're going to criticise someone or, or people for, for us not winning the game or not scoring enough goals you know, our strikers and our forwards got plenty of chances in this game to score more goals. Um, Davis in particular, I think it was... Uh, well, he had one in the first half where... Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, first half where Honeyman cut it across for him and he sort of knocked it just wide. But um, I think he had another one in the second half as well. Um, so I, I think it's a it's pretty harsh on Greaves to sort of be focusing on him. I think, I think he's probably an easy target just because he's missed so many chances this season. And you kind of think that, like... The one where it really mattered, um, you sort of expecting to put away, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. What, what was your sort of perspective on, um, the, like, the, the the failings of why we were unable to win that one? Um, it just seems to be
0: the way, like, we either score a bag full and we win easily or it's when we just can't, if we can't score that second goal, I'm always concerned that there's yeah. going to be, a, that there's a comeback, um, like, coming. Because it just seems I can't to think be of many, like. Yeah, I can't
1: think of many games we've won 1 0. Hmm, so it's always, it always seems to be 2 0 or 3 0.
0: Yeah, and I think, like, in, in regards to Greaves, like, as you say, like, with the most. Are we st- well, we were. Are we still the most prolific scoring, attacking team with the. Whatever it was. Um, yeah, I think we are. With their, like, 7 really. 0 or whatever the hell it was on the weekend. Oh, yeah. no, yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Peterborough ahead of us now by two goals, yeah.
0: Ah, okay, yeah. So where we. Up until the weekend, were the most like the, the most most attacking side scoring the most goals. It's it's pretty harsh. Call to then you know pick out your centre half, your twenty year old centre half, and say, well, you should have scored that,
1: because um, as you as and you mentioned,
0: you know it's his jobs at the other end.
1: Yeah, and I was just going to say, and and only Sunderland have conceded less than us. They've conceded twenty seven to our thirty one, um, and they've played two less games.
0: Mm, so. Still, yeah, I think a lot of those numbers are still read really good. I think, um, yeah, sometimes, I guess, like, we, you know, we just, we got to find someone to blame. And Mm. because it was such a clear cut, um, like a clear opportunity, I think, you know, that's why we've decided to pile the pressure on all the the complaints on on Greaves' shoulders, whether it's really, truly fair or not, because it seems like he had a, you know, another. Really solid game for the other like 89 or 90 minutes, and you know, it's those five seconds that are being yeah.
1: remembered, you know, that he's getting called out for. But and, and even their goal, I mean, their goal arguably there's a foul on Greaves in the build-up to that one. I, th- I think it was Greaves anyway, where they're, they're sort of all over his back before it's um, headed across to their to their player to score the goal. So um, their goal, I can't even really... I mean, typically with set-piece goals that we concede, it's quite easy to say, oh, you know, the system's broken down or someone's not manning up or, or whatever. But with this one, I, I wouldn't even say there's anyone necessarily at fault for it.
0: No, it was... Um, it- They leapt for it. They got a nice header back across goals. And then, yeah, just they wanted it more at that moment. Mm. Like, it it didn't – it sort of fell sort of between – I'm not even sure who was there sort of on that edge of the six yard, but it sort of fell sort of between two of our players and they were coming through. It just was one of those that – Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if there's much you could really do about it. Yeah. Apart from maybe winning the first header or something, you know. Yeah. I'm, which, sure, the, I'm which, sure there's criticisms yeah. that maybe Ingram could have, ta- like, maybe come out for it or something. But yeah. if he comes out, they probably just get the header on the, like, you know, the first header or something and it goes on target and they score anyway. So it's all a bit
1: sort of 6-1, half dozen the other. Yeah. And what did you make of um, Steve Evans on the sideline with his uh, constant histrionics and uh, complaints about the players? It's interesting. We, we haven't really had in recent weeks too much about opposition managers and their sort of antics against us. But um, I mean, there were sort of suggestions at one point he could get sent to the stands. He was getting pretty wound up, both at both at us and at his own players at times as well. Um, yeah. Look, to be honest,
0: um, I don't didn't even really notice it'll pay much attention okay, to it yeah. um so i like, don't really have much to say on that one unfortunately um i guess it's just i don't know it's, just, it's just dave evans i guess yeah yeah and i think they've been um improving their climate they've been doing pretty well recently yeah so they're i guess well, like yeah if that's there they're now in they're in tenth at the minute so yeah this sort of i guess a couple of teams just on the edge of the six have got a few games in hand on them still, so mm. they're probably maybe not quite able to make the cut, but they're pretty close and still sort of in the in the running, depending on some of those results. So perhaps it's oh, just yeah. a little bit of that that the, the pressure's yeah. on and they can't afford to be to drop any points sort of now if they want to make that those that playoff push. Because I think he made some comment about them wanting to make the the playoffs, and if they got there, they're the best. Was that him who said that they were the best? Um, like they'd be the best team in it in like a knockout competition or something. I think it he said something him, yeah. Yeah. silly like that in the lead <laughs> up. But,
1: um. And look, I mean, and, and, and we sort of, uh, Logan and I sort of talked last week that um, the two games that we've dropped points in uh, the last two weeks, Shrewsbury and, and Gillingham, have both been pretty tricky opponents. Like uh, Shrewsbury then went out and won their next game after playing us. Um, and Gillingham, as we said, like, you know, they're undefeated in four now, so they're looking quite... Uh, tricky. Um, I think they've got a match tomorrow morning against Wigan as well. So if they win that, um, at least for the time being, they would be in sixth. And then you know whether the sort of mental games of actually making it into the top six kind of gives them a bit of a boost as well. Who knows? Um, but look, yeah, it, tricky opposition. I think it's very easy to fall into the trap of saying, um, you know, no, no wins in two games now is suddenly such a huge issue. Um, you know, I think, I think. Um, the fact that we're still picking up points, even in these arguably worse performances. And, and to be honest, I mean, I look at the Shrewsbury game versus the Gillingham game. I think we played a whole lot better against the Gills than we did the mm. previous week. Um, as you said, I mean, I my instinct when I saw Slater in the eleven was that he was not going to contribute a whole lot, but I, I thought he was fantastic. I thought he was passing the ball around really well. Um, Honeyman creating a lot of chances. Our play down the wings was awesome. You know, like there was, I think there was a chance in the first half where... I think it was Wilkes and Elder were just sort of passing it between themselves really calmly down the left and then just pulled the ball up the field and across field to Coyle um, for a chance for Eves, I think. Um, and it was it was great to see those sorts of moves and it shows our sort of confidence and creativity. Um, and it was just one of those games where we just couldn't get the goal. It, it wasn't like those games where we come around, come away with no shots on target and we feel like where are the goals going to come from. It, it just felt like one of those days where it just wasn't going in.
0: Yeah, so I uh, yeah, I don't I guess like I think maybe some of that's a little bit as well. Like Eves is probably fairly rusty. He hasn't really played a lot of football mm. this this year, so um even since he came back from his latest injury, you know, it's been preferred, you know, white Magennis sort of strike sort of, you know, white starting and Magennis coming off the bench sort of a deal where Eaves has been fit but still not really getting a getting a run so you know maybe there's just a little bit of ring rust there um you know but you know it came got a goal so i guess like don't don't really know what else you can really say about it we tried hard but just couldn't pick up the three points
1: yeah absolutely um look i'll i'll give my um three two one votes for this one look it's uh don't have a don't have a run sheet this week so i'm actually i'll go off the top of my head which would be a bit interesting i'll see how i go with it um normally i have it written down but I'll probably give, um, I'll probably say Honeyman for the three votes just because I did think he was quite a creative player for us and, and was looking really good and sharp and creating a lot of chances for us through that midfield position. Um, I'll give, I'll be a bit generous. I'll give Eves the two votes just because he did get his goal and uh, we actually caught, we caught it on the podcast last week. Uh, Logan and I sort of saying that, um, you know, it back against Gillingham, um every chance that he, and, and, you know, starting because Magennis and White were out of the side, that he was um, bound to get a goal. So that was good to sort of fulfil that. Um, and I'll give I'll give Slater the one vote. I think Slater was really impressive for me. I think um, he sort of proved me wrong a little bit with my perception of how he'd be in the side. So, um, yeah, I'll go, you know, Honeyman, Eves and Slater for mine.
0: Um, yeah, look, another thing. I didn't even, haven't even thought about this either, to be honest. Yeah. Um... It's probably going to be pretty similar. I think you, it's hard to go past Honeyman when when no one re, when, when, when no one really stands out. And you think back to the game, you're like, "Well, Honeyman's always busy, and he's always the one that's you know making those the cutbacks or like laying those passes into the box." Um, so I'd probably agree with you for Honeyman. Um, I might give two points to Elder. Um, I think he just had just. A, good game i think we you touched on some of his contributions with wilkes working it down the yeah the touch line. i thought they actually there were some really nice moments where they you thought they were under pressure and they just calmly just played it around and got themselves yeah. out of trouble and were able to then create and you know play a one-two get elder in behind whip a ball in so i think he did really well um and i don't know it's a then it becomes a flip Flip of a coin, you know? Do I do I give a, the point to Eves because he got the goal, or do I give the point to Slater because he just absolutely surprised me? <laughs> um, well, I, I honestly was just like, well, we'll see how this goes, but you know, he did did, did really really well. So um, I don't know. I'll just I'll give it to Slater for, for just for the shock value. I did not expect a performance like that from him.
1: Uh, arguably, Eve scoring a goal is also pretty shocking, but no, that, was a, that was fair enough to go with Slater. Um, yeah, look, I, um, what I'll do... Oh, let me bring this up. So this was this was the fixtures uh, that the other sides had. So we had Sunderland playing Bristol Rovers, and then obviously we're just sort of saying before Peterborough, be, beating Appington Stanley 7-0. Um, I guess the only other game of note there, Oxford did get the win over Lincoln, which... To be honest, you know, we're starting to look at the table now, Lincoln down in fourth place, eight points behind us with only one game in hand on us, and even seven points behind Peterborough, same number of games played. They're really, you know, no wins in five now as well. So they're really dropping off the pace quite significantly at this stage. Um, It's becoming very much a race of three. And, um, you know, obviously you look at those games played and it's a little bit concerning for us that, that, you know, both sides now could catch us with their games in hand. But at the same time, um, you've got to think that their dip in form will come. You can't expect Sunderland and Peterborough to basically win all their remaining games and us to, to drop more points than them. So, you know, there's swings and roundabouts. We've gone through, we went through the the downturn, what was it, probably six, with you know, two, two, three weeks ago, six games ago, when we were really sort of starting to panic. And then we won the five games in a row or six games in a row. And now we've dipped again a little bit, but there's there's every chance that we'll pick back up again. Um, and we can't expect Peterborough and Sunderland to keep winning. Um, what what do you think?
0: Look, I think we only have to go back those few weeks to to and like and watch some of these catch up games get played and see that like we don't really we're not really in a position where we need to panic or anything because. You know, it was only a few weeks ago when it was we were 35 games and all the teams below us were 32 or 33. And they played their catch-up games and they beat each other and, you know, some upsets. And then all of a sudden, you know, here we are and we're still on top. Um, sure, some of those teams like Sunderland still got two games in hand and they're only three points behind. But I think, you know, we've still got to play them again, don't we? Yep. Yeah, so... Yep. You know, that's um, still got to figure into the equation. Um, and it just, yeah, I think we just have got ourselves in such, uh, we are still in a really strong position. I don't really think there's any reason to panic.
1: And as well, um, I don't think it's this coming weekend, but I do know that Peterborough and Sunderland do play each other quite soon. I believe it is. Yeah, it's Tuesday. So we'll talk in a second about the Northampton game, but Peterborough do play Sunderland that Uh, that day as well so um, a big clash for us in that one where obviously one or both of those sides will drop points I mean I think perfect result at this stage would be that they draw Um, but then even this weekend I think Sunderland play Oxford and Peterborough have Fleetwood which are both quite tricky games so um, you know quite interesting to see what will happen um, for those two going forward. I do think, I do think though. I mean, would you agree it's probably a race of three now? I think um, Lincoln have probably dropped off a bit much.
0: Yeah, I would, um, I'd be, to be honest, I think Sunderland at the moment, depending on the, those catch-up games, they're the ones that I'm actually really concerned about. Um, not that Peterborough don't deserve, um, like, I guess the respect or, or the zip to be in the calculations. I'm not really sure why what it is about them but yeah for Sunderland's the one that has me looking over my shoulder a little bit more and maybe it's just the two games in hand at the moment maybe that's all it is but they're the ones that have that I've got my
1: eye on yeah definitely um well just before we do move on to talk about the uh, the games coming up um probably the only bit of sort of off field news that I saw that kind of caught my eye was i think there was an interview with elder um with Callum Elda maybe overnight talking about his ambitions to play for the Socceroos and obviously hasn't been capped by the Socceroos yet, but um, is, is arguably in the form of his career. I mean, we sort of talked about it last season as well, probably in the first half of the season when he was playing quite well um, as well. And I suppose playing in the championship, higher level, more exposure, uh, more attention from here in Australia. Um, but putting together, you know, a really fantastic season. We've talked about it a lot on this podcast about how he's probably a little bit unher- unher- unheralded um, in the supporter base. I think particularly when you've got Fleming and now Clark behind him where I think there's so probably a certain element of the supporter base that uh, isn't, isn't hoping for him to fail but is hoping that these other players would get an opportunity in the side more than they might have. Um, but he, he's been fantastic. I think he's second for assists for us. Uh, we've just been talking about how he's been, um, you know, so fantastic in the game against Gillingham as well. Um, I, I do hope that he gets that chance to play for the Socceroos and, and then that opportunity does come for him soon. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure when the next Socceroos games are actually, so I'll, I'll just have a look at that. But uh, yeah, they're not too far away. but uh, Yeah, because we obviously didn't play in this international break, um, but I think it must be soon coming up. So, So what are your thoughts on that?
0: Um, yeah. Look, to be honest, I just had to look up and figure out who was the incumbent, like left back for the Socceroos. Is it? Um, <laughs> yeah. Who? Who is it? Um, well, what I just found was that Bayich is the was the name that oh, came yeah. on the one that I. But that's uh, that was a couple of years old, so I don't even know. Is it? Is
1: it? Um. Is there someone? What's? Is it Bailey? No. Ba- is Bailey right right back or who am I thinking of? Um, Brad Smith. What is what it? it Brad Smith? Maybe.
0: Yeah. So the got Bayich and Brad Smith are the left backs. In
1: yeah. the right back, isn't he? Yeah, and Riz- Riz- is Risden right?
0: back Risden well? and Ryan Grant are the right backs. Yeah. You've got yeah. Sutar, Sainsbury, um, Dijenic as the set. And for some reason, yeah. Craig Goodwin's listed in the defender. Yeah, I, I think I'm looking at the same
1: list <laughs> as you. <Yeah. laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's a. I don't think he's much of a defender. Uh, um, so
0: yeah, look, I, to be honest, um, I see no reason why Elvis shouldn't be able to oust one of those two. Yeah. Um, between yeah. Smith or Bage. Um, where's Brad Smith playing now? He's over in the think, US, isn't he? Yeah, I think
1: he's at Seattle, perhaps. Mm.
0: So, And I've no idea about Bage.
1: I think, think <laughs> Bage is in Turkey or somewhere. I'm just have a quick look. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's at K. 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 Zerespo, I believe. Oh, okay. If I can if I'm pronouncing that correctly. So, so yeah, not, not a, not a uh, mammoth club. And, and look, I think, I think for Elder, his chances would massively be boosted if we were to get promoted. I think that would help him. Mm. Um, but there's no reason that he can't be around the squad even at a League One level. Like Harry Souter was in the squad when he was at, was it Fleetwood
0: or somewhere last season? Oh, uh, I'm not even sure, to be honest. But yeah, um, Yes. Yeah, so I, yeah, I think you're right. He's got, he's performing well enough. Um, no idea what the other, what the other, um, our other left backs are, like how they're performing at the moment. I have no idea. But um, I think that like the pedigree, I suppose is the only the word I can think of that like comes with a promotion or winning a title or whatever, um, you know, is only going to boost his chances. Um, but yeah, I think if he keeps doing what he's doing, he's he's playing, you know, remarkably well because um, he's only missed just a couple of games. Oh, only a couple of games, forward. yeah. yeah. Um, and,
1: and to be honest, I mean, the fact that it sounds as if Arnold is looking at the, um, the A-League a lot more now for potential members of the squad, you would have to think players playing well in League One would also come into consideration then if that's sort of the quality. No, no disrespect to the A-League, I think the players in the A-League are playing really well at the moment. But you'd have to say that League One is probably a standard higher than the A-League or at least on par with the A-League um, if that's sort of the level we're looking at.
0: Yeah, look, I would say that the at League One is, for the most part, most. I mean, I haven't watched every team play or anything, but from most of the games that I've watched of league one this this season mostly it seems to be not not a huge leap but a step a, a little step above um mo- what most of the a league is producing consistently um apart from you know like melbourne city at the moment or possibly even adelaide i think um and the
1: Mariners aren't too bad either
0: <laughs> uh, they're, they're dropping off a little bit they're um they seem to have be, become a little bit exposed the last few weeks. But um, I think um, they, the, you know, those guys, particularly Melbourne City, they are unreal at the minute. Um, and they'd probably have a good, good go in, in League One at, at the moment as well. But, um, yeah, I don't think there's there's not too much between the two leagues. Um, I think the, the main difference is, or I think that... The, the pressure that actually comes with league one with, you've got promotion, yeah. you've got relegation, you've got those, those added aspects, which, um, which are more conducive to, you know, to that higher sort of intensity and that higher level of um, commitment, because, you know, you'd hate to be, you know, well, a Mariners player last year or the year before, and, you know, trying to turn up and give your all when you're like 13 points behind, you know, the team above you or something like drowning yeah. in last place. But if, you know if you had you know if there was something that you were fighting for like beyond just getting off the bottom of the table if you are in threat of of being demoted a league then i think you know that that pushes you that little bit more to you know to to to, to avoid that embarrassment so
1: um
0: yeah anyway i think that's a discussion for another time <laughs>
1: yeah i was going to say we're sort of sort of uh uh switching base switching sites for um, more of an a-league podcast there but anyway yeah look it's great new look elder elders ambitions to be in the soccer is I think are well founded I think he's um, very likely to get a spot in one of the upcoming squads um and hopefully a promotion with uh, city can only cement that that claim in the in the squad um, so yeah let's look ahead at those those two games that we've got coming up the first of which is against Crew Alexandra um, two wins in their last five Uh you know, uh, three games undefeated in that run. They're coming. They're sitting in 14th at the moment, so currently probably a little bit off uh, playoff place push. Um, and they're sort of in that nomads land where they're they're not really um, at threat of relegation either. I think they're yeah, 15 points above um, Wimbledon at the moment. So uh, uh, potentially it's one of those games that you could look at. You know, Accrington Ak- Stanley only two points ahead of them, just lost seven 0 So. It is the sort of game that you could look at and hopefully see as a um, as a goal different goal difference boost, um, but as we always say, these games are always tricky. So, um, what's your sort of expectation for City having just had these two black or two draws? Um, do you see us sort of bouncing back and getting back to winning ways? I guess Magennis and White would be back, who who would be reasonably fresh. I don't actually know if Magennis has played a whole heap for Northern Ireland over the break. Um, I assume Gavin White hasn't, so potentially a bit. You know, two players are a bit fresh um, to come into City and, and sort of freshen us up for this game.
0: Um, if they're back, uh, tip a win. It's that uh, not like it's not necessarily just cut of dry, but that's pretty much how I how I would see it. If they come in, you know, the last you know barring the Gills game, pretty much with those two running around um, the last month or so, we've been very very dangerous creating lots um, scoring quite a few so I'd um, I'd back them to come back in and, and basically hopefully hit the ground where they where they left before the before last week so I'd well, see if, if
1: I'm actually just I'm just looking at it so they they, they both started against uh, Italy which I didn't realize which is kind of cool they started up top together against Italy uh, in a turn loss Um, And then on Monday, our time, they were not used as substitutes against the US. Um, And then they've actually got a game against Bulgaria tomorrow morning. So judging by the fact that they played, they started in the game against Italy, which was the qualifier, and they didn't play in the friendly, suggests actually that they might be in the lineup tomorrow morning, which Mm. then probably arguably could even put them completely out of contention for the weekend if it's sort of, it's too short a break for them to get up for.
0: Yeah, so that um, I guess we'll see how it goes. Um, look, I think we, sh- I think we should still have enough. Like, I think we still showed enough with the lineup on the weekend that we, um, you know, we still can win and we still can score goals. Um, I just think it'll be it's a much more clearer picture if those two are
1: available to play. Mm, mm. Yeah, Yeah. I, look, I mean, I, I'm, I'm probably. Being optimistic in this one, I think we'll probably get the win. Um, but look, it's a tricky game against them. Was it was it crew earlier? I think it was crew earlier in the season where we um, we won one nil late on with that Maya assist for Wilkes, um, Funnily enough, where um, it was probably Maya's biggest contribution for the season. So um, I don't know. Like away at Crew, I'd hope that we can get a result. I'm just looking at their last result, um, that their last game. Um, I think I can't even see where they last played. Um, they beat Northampton, so that probably gave them their um, kind of gave them that their, their sort of gap over the bottom four, um, and hopefully means that they'll take their foot off a little bit. But look, we we sort of talked as well about the fact that um, or mentioned just before the fact that um, Peterborough play Fleetwood and Sunderland play Oxford as well. Um, do you do you see any potential there for, for drop points for those two sides, um, or do you sort of think that they'll they'll win both their games and mean that we just sort of have to keep keep winning our games as well?
0: Um, um so who are they playing? In my brain, I was looking at something else while. I okay, uh, so
1: Sunderland have Oxford and Peterborough have Fleetwood.
0: Um, oh, Oxford were going okay for a little while in the recent past, weren't they? Yeah, and they um, they, just, they just beat
1: Lincoln uh, last weekend as well.
0: Okay, so at the moment they're only two of their last five, and the rest uh, and Fleetwood. Well, Fleetwood's uh, what's that? Ten points from their last five, which is pretty decent. Um, look, I don't know. To be honest, I think um, look, I, I I hope that you know Oxford and Fleetwood can can do the um do the damage for us. But Dan Dan Betty at Fleetwood. Well, uh, well maybe he, you know, maybe it was all a big tactical move by McCann to, um, and, you know, this is what's going to shore us up in the promotion race is Fleetwood doing doing a number on our opposition. Um, did that happen? I swear that happened earlier this year where there was someone who was, like, after he left, there was someone that was close to us and then Dan Batty was integral in Fleetwood picking
1: a win up on, on them or something silly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel like it was Lincoln, but I can't remember now. I, th- I think it was Lincoln that they begged. <laughs>
0: probably because they were. The- back when it, back think- when it was like
1: us and Lincoln as the top two. Yeah. Mm.
0: Um, anyway, so maybe you know, maybe they will do that. Do it again for us. Um, but you yeah, look I, I think if we, I, I don't want to worry too much about it. I think we we do our job. You know, if if um, Oxford Fleetwood can um, pick up those pick up points, you know, and help us out, then you know that's awesome, and that'll make. Um, our journey a little bit easier but I think if we just need to really just focus on what we're doing um, you know go out there black and amber get three points you know just look forward to the next game
1: and look and then the next one is Northampton as well so probably pretty similar sentiments for that one Um, you know team in the relegation zone so really a game that we should be looking to win Um, uh, you know oh sorry they're not even they're not in the relegation zone they're just above it They're they're out of this go- the relegation zone on goal difference, which, to be fair, actually probably makes that quite a tricky one that they might be quite, um, mm. quite, motivated quite switched on and motivated that they're, that they're so close to the relegation zone in that case. Um, but then at the same time, we have Peterborough playing Sunderland. So um, it's a, in a way that Northampton game is almost a bigger fixture in terms of mentality that if we're able to pick up the three points in that one, we know that, at least one of our rivals right near us are going to drop points. It gives us that sort of gap again. So um, of the two games, like, look, if we were to pick up four points, I'd almost say that the Northampton game is the more important one to win, even just from a mentality point of view. Mm. But I do think we probably need six points out of those games to, 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 to retain first place um, come this time next week.
0: Yeah, maybe so. But I guess, like, yeah, if, if Peter plays Sunderland on whatever it is, Tuesday morning, our time, I think it is, um, that's, that's pretty good. Um, sort of a, I mean, it means at least one of those is going to drop up to three points uh, from the next yeah. two games. So, you know, um, which is helpful. Potentially, um, As you sort of alluded to earlier, if they had the draw, that would be, um, you know, each drop two points from that, that'd be great. But um, yeah, look, I think I'll be up on Tuesday, watching our game with an eye on that one, I think for sure, as much as I said just before that I don't pay, don't want to pay too
1: much attention to our <laughs> game. <laughs> It is a shame. It's midnight on, uh, midnight on the Tuesday, um, our time, which is obviously because it's an Easter fixture in the UK. But uh, for those of us over here who, who still have to work on the Tuesday, who don't have the, the luxury of school holidays, <laughs> um, I, I don't know if I could get away with a, a sick day for that one. Um, but, look, I'll, I'll probably try. and I mean, 12, 12 o'clock's is not, not the end of the world. I could probably at least squeeze in the first half of those ones because I think um, that Peter Sunderland game is... It's 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 an important enough. It's like the uh, who was it the other week we watched? Um, was it Lincoln Sunderland or someone like that were playing each other? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was one worth keeping an eye on as well. So I think that game is going to be a pretty massive one. I think I think a draw there would be fantastic. But like you say, at the end of the day, we've got to get the job done as well. We've got to get the six points from these two games. I suspect. Um, look, and you know, at the end of the day, we do have Sunderland coming up as well. So, um, it's not do or die yet. Um, we've still got what is it? You know, eight games left in the season. I think when we start getting down to the five or the four games left, which, to be honest, is you know, the, the Saturday week. Uh, after that game, we'll only have five left, which is pretty crazy to mm. think about. So. It's it, the end's coming pretty quickly, but we've still got a few um, chips in the bank, I think. Um, yeah, and do they stations, yeah. some of those catch up
0: rounds? Are they in the next like? It must of weeks, be I think. Yeah, I, I was I was
1: I was surprised that we had a, the midweek game for Easter, I guess, because the yeah. you know these other sides still seem to keep picking up. You know, like Sunderland are still on thirty six games, so they've still got two games somewhere to pick yeah. up on us. Um, um, so they've got to come at some point soon, I would think.
0: Bring Northampton and then, then, and then.
1: Like, we play Plymouth uh, while Sunderland play Charlton. Sunderland must play midweek. So, yeah, they've got Wigan midweek when we don't play. Um, then who have they got? They've got someone else. I think Rick Rick did it on Facebook, uh, on Twitter. Um, I'll have a look on that.
0: Uh, yeah, so there's a bit of one there. And then, I don't know, and then it's another couple of weeks, something. Oh, and then it starts being just weird ones where it's an individual game here and there. So, yeah, like so at the Sunderland, end of April, there's like Sunderland-Blackpool and it's match day five yeah. and just like they're just starting to squeeze Well, I think sort of yeah, that, that Tuesday,
1: so so Peterborough have Doncaster, Sunderland have Blackpool and we don't play anyone. So that's probably the big one where most mm-hmm. of our rivals are going to be playing. Um, whereas on the 13th of April, it's just Sunderland out of Lincoln and Peterborough. Um So that's the big one. I I like, and we've said before, I think Blackpool playing Sunderland twice is um, potentially pretty, going to be pretty interesting for us because Blackpool in pretty decent form, uh, having not yet played Sunderland at all, uh, could have a big say in things.
0: Yeah, look, I think we've sort of mentioned it a few times. There's still plenty of twists and turns to go in this last, whatever it is, eight games or something. Um, So. Yeah, I think we just try and do do what we do, or let the boy the boys do what they do. Win, play some football, win some games, score some goals, and you know, just hopefully some of those twists and turns sort of fall in our favour. Yeah, um, absolutely. But if we, but I think if we, you know, if we keep winning, then it's not going to matter either way. Um, it'll just be sort of a matter of theoretically by by
1: how much do we do we win the win the league if if we yeah. keep winning. Yeah. Yeah. So let's say, and look, we'll be, we'll be back here this time next week to, 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 well, uh, just about eight days from now to talk all about it um, on our next episode. So hopefully six points uh, for this week. Hopefully everyone has a very merry, happy Easter, merry Easter, Um, happy and merry Easter, safe Easter. Hopefully uh, it looks like the UK, the vaccine starting to roll out as well. So hopefully the UK is going to be back to normal reasonably soon. Um, and, and that everyone's safe, sound over Easter and has has a great break. Um, so thank you for joining me on this episode, Dan.
0: Uh, yeah, no, any time. It was a bit of a um, weird one without any, without the run sheet, a little yeah, bit, bit of without a free, the guidance. Free, we free sort of, through. we went on a few tangents, but we got there in the end.
1: Got there in the end. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, thank you for sticking with us, everyone that's been listening in, and um, we'll see you next time on the Tigers and Under. Until next time, come on, city. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. This is on fire. We're going higher and higher. There's no turning back, it's
0: your